You're listening to the Fockdown Nation Network. John Shevsky here, welcoming you to Robert Land. Your tickets for Cancel Culture Land have been refunded due to the fact that Cancel Culture Land has itself been canceled. Enjoy your day. Welcome to Robert Land. That's right, your favorite not safe for work comedy theme park podcast. And I'm your host, Robert Thompson, comedian, musician, theme park phenologist. All to do. What is up, everybody? How you guys doing? I have something serious to tell you guys, and I know it's kind of out of out of character here because this is a comedy theme park podcast. But uh, I have stage four ass cancer. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Cancer isn't funny, but I thought it was funny because I'm wearing these Yoda, baby Yoda ears from downtown Disney. And I thought it'd be a little humorous to deliver serious news wearing these because it's a comedic effect. And, um, you know, me explaining it makes it funnier. <laughs> no, I don't know. This, these are Grogu ears because uh, I went to downtown Disney recently. It is kind of open again. They, you can sit down outside. They've got uh, a new Star Wars trading post thingy mcgillicuddy and it's kind of fun but uh enough about that guys i'm excited because we've got a real fun comedian daniel eachis on the show we've got ryan d up in the house again ryan you can catch on the hit the mics podcast and uh, of course we use we do this out of ryan d's studio and it's a rad setup man we get to like have guests in here there's multi-cam it's like real real stuff man i'm excited to take the show to the next level kind of like when disneyland got you know tomorrowland uh, space mountain or when uh legoland didn't suck balls you know i don't know when they did something to not suck balls i don't know what they do now i've never been to legoland have you been there ryan Okay, well, I need to someday, but um, I think you have to bring Legos. I think it's a good name, Lego Money. No, I don't know, but this is a fun one. Daniel Lee just wrote a book called Zoo, A Day at the Zoo, nine, uh, well, A Day at the Zoo, 2062, which is a book of uh, comedic short stories that you could read anywhere while you're waiting in line at the theme park. So it's a it's a fun one, guys. We get into his time shooting a commercial at the Universal Studios backlot. His time doing a, a, a jazz band at Disneyland. Uh, what it was like to be a dead person at Queen Mary during Halloween time. It's it's a fun episode. So I'm stoked, guys. We're going to go into my favorite segment, your favorite segment, a classic theme park minute with Zach Hillman. Enjoy. This is Theme Park Minute with Zach Hillman. Cedar Point's Midway Carousel sees thousands of riders every year, but one in particular stands out. Miss Muller, the ghost of the original Carver's wife. Apparently, of all her husband's detailed creations, she was most fond of the military horse he carved for Cedar Point. So fond that she began visiting the park after her death just so that she could ride it. Rumor has it that you can't get a decent photograph of the horse because Miss Muller wants it all to herself. She even hangs out around the replica in the museum at Cedar Point. She sounds so obsessed that I think she must have been taking this wooden horse's Cedar Point, if you catch my drift. Bet you didn't know that. Here I am, with me, Danny Leaches, and Ryan D. 
Okay. Alrighty, man. It is uh, it is great to have you, Daniel Eichus. Welcome to Robert Land. Good to be here. I uh, is that what everyone says? I wanted a different thing, but I the to say, but I, it didn't <laughs> come okay. out any different than most people probably say. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, you know, this show, you, you never know what could happen. Um, you may think of something else to say, like um, everything else we're going to talk about, which is uh, uh, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff, Mr. Daniel. I got I got, st- yeah. Yeah, paused in my tracks there because it's it's exciting. We've got Daniel Eiches. Uh, we've got Ryan D, uh, again, uh, our, our buddy here. Um, he... Uh, on hit the mics, you could you could hear him, you could see him. Um, but yeah, we've we've kind of done Dan, a lot. Daniel's been a guest on hit the mics. Well, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we're all familiar here. We're all human beings. We have hair and teeth. And um, actually, I don't know if I've ever seen your hair, Daniel. I don't, I don't know if that's a touchy thing or I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's think. a no, it's a no touchy thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> that is for sure. By the way, Ryan, I thought for the longest time I thought you pulled out a thing of ground coffee for some reason. I right realized now? it was a koozie. Oh, it's a yeah, koozie. Yeah, like, why a, does he have? It's a Satan. I was like, why does he have a little ground coffee can? That he, like, I don't know. I don't know if you're like addicted to smelling it or something. I mean, I get it. I'm yeah. Coffee, uh, coffee does a trick. I'm not. I, I'm actually new to the coffee game, and I, I feel oh, dude. like. I, you know, like, I didn't realize how jittery it made me because I always just thought I had anxiety. But, like, I, it is but, – but I think that's just how I operate. I just need to, like – I need to feel like I'm dying for my day to get started. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I do – the first time I, I had, like, caffeine or coffee-related anything was uh, – I was 18. I'd just gotten back from, like, a, a trip with my family, and I had a – uh, a shot of espresso and it was Italian. It was like my friend got it. From That'll Italy. do it. Yeah. It was weird. My friend had gotten back from Italy. I'd gotten back from like Bakersfield or something, but uh, <laughs> he, he gave me a shot of Italian espresso, which I don't know if that's where they make. I don't know if that's where it was founded. If you know, I, I think, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Galileo espresso yeah. in Italy, you know, in 1492 discovered it. I don't know. Either way, it was very potent and I barfed my brains out. Really? At, at Denny's, um, and I've I kind of fell off the whole coffee like thing for a long yeah. time. You know, yeah, I you started with definitely the str- I mean, that's like starting with heroin, and <laughs> yeah. then years <laughs> later being like, I should try weed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but dude, so Daniel, uh, we've got we've got a lot to talk about. You grew up in Fresno. Which is where I was born, and I lived my, my really. That's my Graceland is Fresno, California. That's your Graceland. Did you really? I did. Did I know that? I don't think I knew I, that. No, did no, no. I've talked to like Kevin Tinkin about it. I've talked and and some other folks from Fresno, but I don't think I, I talked to you about it. And it's kind of perfect for the show because Fresno, if you don't know, folks, has a uh, storybook land and Fresno Zoo right next to each other, which are pretty amazing did you have memories of going to those places as a kid not only memories i still have the key do you know what i'm talking about oh the, the yes plastic key oh yeah to get into storybook land right you have to have a key well, yeah and i want to say i want to say it worked at the zoo too you buy it was you i, I don't know why they don't still do this because it was kind of i don't know it was kind of cool like you buy this little plastic key and then they would have little boxes around Storyland. 
and you would put the key into the box and then it would tell you like it would like fill in the scene for you so if you're looking at the little red riding hood it would tell you the story but then you could also take it next door to the zoo and you put the key in the little hole and it would tell you about the animal that's really pretty, yeah yeah i wonder that's if pretty the, cool do you still like have the key so you have the key I, yourself? I do still have the key, but also it was just a stick, basically. Oh. So also if you <laughs> forgot the key, you could pick up a twig and put it, put it in the box, and that would also work. So, <laughs> Did you ever try it out in other places in Fresno? Like you ever go to uh, got a, uh, you know. Are you, ask, <laughs> are you asking me if I found random holes uh, in <laughs> Fresno and stuck my key into it? Yeah, because who knows? Yeah. Uh, Right? I mean, who knows? That might work. You could go to a it's DeChico's. It's still on the bucket list. I'll go to DeChico's and try to get me a you know a pizza that right. is already made in a box somewhere um, that just, that needs a key. I'd really stretch for that one. But you know what I'm saying? You never know what can happen with those magical keys. And, um, That's true. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the Fresno Zoo was uh, – it's kind of – because I was four years old when I left Fresno uh, to – because my parents are from – Covina, so they like went. They had to come back to to Southern California, and uh, they went out to Chino. My dad loves anywhere that smells like cows and armpit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, Fresno, I remember uh, the the faint memories that I have from my childhood was uh, was going to actually to Chico's uh, and getting uh, 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 my first experience with animals at like the Fresno Zoo. But I, mm. I faintly remember those those lion heads at the zoo that you'd like get the water out of and the the water fountain lion head water fountain things that were like these massive lion heads. I don't know if you recall those. God, no, I don't even remember that. But yeah, it looks like you're eating. It looks like you're being eaten alive by a lion, and I was always fascinated by that. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I, I, it looks very hippie, kind of like Schoolhouse Rock cartoony. Um, but uh, I just know I, w- I would tell people that there's a zoo in Fresno, which is actually a, it's actually a pretty nice zoo. And I always yeah. get the same response. I I'm, remember last time I told a buddy, he was just like, oh, man, like that must suck for those animals in the summertime, like being in Fresno in the heat. And I'm like, I don't know, man, they're from Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that zoo is really nice. They put a lot of like money into it. I went for my. Uh, I've heard. I've heard it's a pretty damn good place. Yeah, because yeah, it's very. Uh, I've never been, but yeah, I've heard. I've heard good, great things. Yeah, very, very chill. Like I, I spent like thirty minutes with a giraffe, just hanging out, getting to know him. You know, San Diego Zoo, you can't do that. You spend twenty five bucks for two minutes, but at the zoo, I really got to like. Yeah. It was kind of like I was on, um, like E Harmony with the animal. <laughs> no, that no, it wasn't like that at all. Um, Zoo Harmony. No. Um, anyways, guys, uh, this has been a great Robert Land. Robert Land. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Uh, no. So, okay. Um, we have we have a lot to cover, though, because you told me some things that you've done at theme parks that I thought were really interesting, and I've got a lot of questions about that. Um, so that was all. That was all in private, by the yeah, way. Yes. Yes. Um, we were, um, and uh, we were on MySpace actually uh, sharing messages. Um, but you, so you played in a jazz band. In high school, or what, how old are you when you did that? I did. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was in high school. Um, man, you're taking me down a road here. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Gee, I okay. So in in middle school, um, I started the guitar club. I was Whoa. a founding member. I started it. 
I played guitar starting in the fifth grade, and I always like I wanted to be in a rock band. And in seventh grade, I was. Our rock band played in seventh grade um, at lunch. It's pretty dope. We got uh, there's pictures floating around in the ether out there of me wearing my brother's hand-me-down Hollister T-shirt and Reebok pumps, <laughs> playing. Um, in middle school at lunchtime but uh yeah i wanted to be in a rock band and uh anyway one day the high school teacher came to uh middle school found out about the guitar club and was telling me like hey you're about to go to high school um next year you should uh you should really think about joining the jazz band i promise you if you get good at jazz you'll be great at rock that's what he told me and and i think there is a lot of truth to that so i was like all right yeah whatever i'll i'll think about it so i go into high school and uh I get right into the jazz band because, um, so uh, the, our school's as big as mine. They were like division one schools or whatever. I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening on the podcast. That's very important. Yes. Um, uh, they, they have a, a big band, which is like your 40 piece. Like there's seven trombones for some reason, uh, jazz bands. And then there's the combos, which is like six people in a nightclub. We're all smoking cigarettes, like that kind of a, band so it's big band combo big band was like the best of all the marching band kids right the combo was the best of the best you had to be really good to be in a combo well if it's named after a gas station burrito i'd feel that it should be right combos <laughs> i don't know anyways your story I'd- it's amazing that you know that fact. <laughs> yes. um, you must have learned it from sticking your Fresno key into some hole somewhere. <laughs> it is how I discovered combos. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're saying though the combo mm. that was like the best of the the best in the in the group. Exactly, they were the best uh, musicians in the school. We were a combo. I was in the combo. Uh, we were in the combo by default because only <laughs> six people wanted to be in the jazz band. <laughs> Swear nice. to God, there was no auditions, no anything. We just happened to have the right instruments, and they were like, "Yeah, sure." Nobody tried out, literally. <laughs> so uh, that was unique for a Division One school. Like all these other schools um, in Division One had these kids who've been, you know. Uh, playing their instruments and they were two years old they're like studied jazz we were a bunch of like ragtag kids who like didn't have to audition um we had cheap instruments uh the bass player and the drummer were in my rock band like none of us cared about jazz we just kind (laughs) of we practiced our songs every class like our rock songs like that was it it was the coolest class ever and at the end of our uh, sophomore year our teacher finally, he just came up to us and he handed us a bunch of music and was like, I know you guys are probably coming up, planning on coming back your junior year, but I really think if you guys studied jazz, you could actually be good at jazz. So I don't know. Take a look at it over the summer. We'll see what we can do. So uh, over the summer, I had uh, some of the horn players come in and we uh, during our like rock band practices, and we were like, let's look at this jazz stuff for like an hour. And we would do that periodically. And when we came back our junior year, uh, we played some of those songs for our teacher. And he was like, oh, my God, this is good. Like, you guys are really good at this jazz stuff. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so we started entering all these, like, high school jazz competitions. 
And it was like really something out of a movie because every single other school was showing up in tuxedos and charter buses. We wore the uh, button-down T-shirt that Charlie Sheen wears in Two and a Half Men. <laughs> it's like a two-tone, like literally we had that shirt. The bowling T-shirts. Uh, yeah, it's a bowling shirt. Yeah, exactly. Bowling shirt, yeah. We had that, and uh, we came in our teacher's Ford Explorer with our instruments strapped to the roof. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. That's how we showed up to every... So people were making fun of us like crazy. And uh, long story short, we took first place in every single competition. <laughs> That's so rad. That wow. we did. And we were... Yeah, we got asked to play in New Orleans Square and, and guys... Disneyland and did a oh, CD. Oh, awesome. you know? yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel like it's kind of like... It sounds like definitely the, a great plot for like a... You know, uh, like little giants, That's mighty ducks, like a kid. You, you guys were like the bad news bears of high school jazz. Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. I, I imagine, only you were good. <laughs> yeah, but I imagine one of you with like a potato sack for some reason yeah. playing. Um, I don't know. I, I wish, but yeah. uh, it's it's right. so you guys. Uh, you know, I you 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 kind of conquered jazz uh, and started kicking <laughs> kicking butt cheeks, and you ended up at, at Disneyland. Uh, New Orleans Square. What is that like to actually pl- like? Do you what what comes with that? Do you get to do you go do you go in? I was I was always curious about that. Like, does it ruin your whole day at Disneyland? Or are you just playing and then all right, get out of here, kids? Do you, do you actually get to enjoy the park after? It's a great question. Um, I blacked out my entire uh, <laughs> trip. I honestly don't remember. Right. No, uh, I remember we showed up. It was also it happened to be. It was such a weird experience because it happened to be this really big day for like um I guess like all these cheer girls oh. were there. Which was like also something out of a movie. So there was like all from all yeah. around I don't know if it's California or throughout the nation, but like there was this giant cheer competition happening at Disneyland that day. <laughs> and so like us like dorky jazz guy we were just in heaven we we're like oh my god we're the only guys here and we're the jazz band guy. and the second they saw us in our two-tone charlie sheen shirts they were like we want nothing to do with you yeah. that's amazing so we, yeah we showed up to disneyland in the ford explorer like none of the girls cared i just remember going backstage and they walked us all through they definitely took us the long route i remember having to go through backstage in toontown mm-hmm and then coming through to like New Orleans Square, like all backstage. I don't know why we went backstage. Literally, it was like, can't we just take the train from Main Street and we'll be right there? And they're like, no, no, okay, we got to take you through the studios for no reason. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was cool. It was cool to see. And um, yeah, we had the Disneyland Railroad voice guy introduce us. Oh, wow. He was like, your attention, the Central High East Jazz Band is about to play. And, like, no one turned their heads because they're like, I don't – Haunted Mansion's right there. Like, I can care less. <laughs> this is a high school jazz band. Uh, and then we played through our songs. And then, like, I guess we were expecting stardom afterwards, and then no one cared. So we just went on all the rides in our Charlie <laughs> Sheen shirts, and that was the day. <laughs> That's a that, – you know, I've always been curious about that. And – I think the the going backstage thing would have totally like wooed me as as you know a kid oh, like sure. oh my yeah. gosh did you see any like uh, was it like Roger Rabbit smoking a cigarette like hey kid <laughs> you, you ain't built for this like it, did I just imagine it being like uh, I don't know I, what like did did you see anyone in in character or anything going back there do you remember I don't remember any characters I remember they had right behind uh, Toontown there was there was two like 
I don't know if it was recording studios, but they look like recording studios. Because really? I just remember it saying, like, recording over the door, and it was these magical special doors. And uh, I remember asking the, our, like, he wasn't the tour guide, but our, like, liaison guy, like, what is that? And he just ignored me. Um, <laughs> wow. I wonder if that's, like, if you're a good enough kid, you could record your jazz in these rooms. Like, it just sounds like a <laughs> fantasy, you know? Like, it's just so weird, a recording. I'm sure they, they have it for, like, park stuff. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's who, where the, the, the dude is. That's maybe where that's that where guy the, was. Tomorrowland yeah. Station. Yeah. And yeah, how is he locked in a room all day? Yeah, yeah, I love that he's alive still because that voice is the same voice from like the 50s, but it's like, it's the same ominous voice. Like, <laughs> yeah. now entering Tomorrowland. Like, it, but he'll update it like, you are entering yeah. Galaxy's Edge. And I'm like, wow, this guy's got a long, lu- lu- luxurious <laughs> yeah. career. And the thing is, he has to follow you with his cameras all day to make sure he gets you right every time you walk in. <laughs> yeah. To the right spot. That's all he's ever done, though. Like I, you never hear that voice anywhere else. <laughs> no. It's like exclusively the Disneyland. Yeah, I wish I would. And it's the same guy who also does like the really like proper Spanish too. Oh yeah, sendados, por favor. Yeah, I love that. The haunted mansion is definitely scarier when the uh, Spanish yeah. comes in. Yeah, terminé yeah. sendados. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just love the way it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've heard I've heard some other languages. I forget what ride that was. I think it was when I was at Disney World because there's so many different cultures. You got like Brazilian people. You've got yeah, yeah. you know like Guido guys. You have all sorts of different cultures in the same place. But I remember hearing yeah like uh, I think it was their haunted mansion. Like I heard it in German. And uh, yeah, that was definitely the scariest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. German, yeah, German, <laughs> yeah. German sounds scary. It's just always it always sounds like a death threat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it's I'm German, but I I can't. I don't know any words in what nine, <laughs> nine. Yeah, I don't remember, but it just yeah. sounded scary. Um, are you bilingual at all, Daniel? Do you know any? Uh, do you know ASL or Klingon or anything fun like that? Um, a little <laughs> bit of wingdings. Okay. Uh, wingdings. Kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I always thought it would be yeah. great if they had a Rosetta Stone Klingon for absolutely no reason. Like there would be no use for that. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some sort of video that exists on how to. Well, like a Zoom Star Trek convention. Probably. I don't know, but. Oh, uh, definitely. I mean, there's people out there who've like figured out how to speak every language in Lord of the Rings, and I don't even think. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. I mean, I'm sure you could bust it out at like a Burger King. You even, know, even You're... Tolkien's like you fucking nerds. <laughs> from his grave um so dude you you uh like i you know being from the central what is what, central valley right that's the term they yeah. use uh i you know i love i have very faint memories of, of gilroy california um mm. and that place needs to be on the map um because it's a very special spot I, it's I, on the map. It, yeah. They, yeah, they've included it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they it's include there. it yet? Okay, I don't know. I love it's that. It's been included. I get that stuff about Chino. Like I tell people I'm from Chino, and it's they think I'm a Martian. You know, like it's like no, it's you've never heard of Chino Hills, dude. The yeah. Ball Brothers, the Powerball, the prison. You know, <laughs> Rob Downey Jr. lived here yeah. in that prison at one point. Um, but no, so Gilroy, uh, there was like a, a a little kind of neighborhood theme park you've been to, right? Yeah, it was a Bonfante Gardens, and no, that is not German, uh, <laughs> yeah. or Wingdings, uh, some dude's last name. Yeah, dude, I grew up going to that place. It was like a, um, 
Have you ever been before? It's like these crazy trees. No, it sounds like a, about it? it sounds like a lounge singer or something. You know, uh, seeing uh, Bonafonte Good tonight. Good for George Bonafonte. <laughs> yeah. Now playing in New Orleans Square. <laughs> Look at these trees. No, I don't know. I so there's a so it's a bunch of trees and. Uh, yeah, uh, but he, they're crazy. I think they they call them like circus trees. So they're like these crazy, like they have holes in them, and they're different shapes. And like the 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 trunk itself will be these crazy designs. Wow. And uh, I guess he just this dude like had this farm and he planted all these trees. And then people wanted to come see the trees, so he's like, "All right, I'll set up a carousel," which. <laughs> I don't know why that was a bigger thing, it feels like, back in the tw- People were just like, oh, you want to come see this thing? I'll set up a, a, a Ferris wheel here also. Um, but that's what he did. He created this little park, and then it became bigger and bigger, and then uh, pretty soon it was like a, a, a legit theme park. And now it's called Gilroy Gardens. They changed the name of it. I don't know if Bonfante was selling very well. Um, Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, but that that's cool, though. Are they like – so this might be a dumb – I am blonde, <laughs> but this may be a silly question. <laughs> Is the, are they uh, man-made trees or are they uh, authentic earth-grown trees? Are they? Are they, they are. <laughs> did you just ask the same question twice? Was yes, I did, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I went are they, to the, are they man-made or did humans yeah. make them themselves? <laughs> I, I went to the. I went to the. I, I love reiterating, you know, the the point there. I like getting, uh, making sure I got all ends covered. But uh, I went to the Bonafonte School of Broadcasting, so I should know that. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, yeah, he did these these crazy things with the seeds or something. I don't know. Like they're all you got. Honestly, you got to Google them. There's some crazy trees, but the whole park is like uh, based on on these trees and like the gardens. So it's really it's like a very peaceful park. And uh-huh. it's definitely, like, mainly for kids. Not, like, little, little kid rides, but nothing crazy. There's, like, a lazy river, um, type, like, raft ride where you go through gardens and stuff. And a giant uh, roller coaster that goes through all these trees. And um, Oh, that sounds... The roller coaster's not very big, but it's... Uh, Still, the garden that, is. that sounds really fun. We're actually looking at pictures. Uh, I don't know. Is there a way to put that on the, yeah. the, the broadcast here? Uh for our listeners, uh, I'll have to describe some of these pictures because they are mighty beautiful. Uh, I mean, boy, I just saw one right here, and that looks crazy. So you've got like a ride with where you're going through trees. That's really cool. I don't know, man. Uh, Belafonte Gardens. Okay, that must be old school. Uh, it looks like we're looking at a water park. Um, oh, that one's not real. That's not a real tree. Oh, is okay. that a real tree? That's not a real tree. I don't know if that one's real. Yeah. Now let's just say it's real. Yeah, we're looking at like a, there's like an image of like a, it looks like a, a water park with a giant tree in the, the middle of it and there's like timber, slides. Timber twister coaster? Is that the coaster that goes to the trees? The timber? Yeah, yeah. They got waterfalls and stuff. Uh, uh, they don't <sighs> got, how, do, how do they not have any pictures so far of the trees? This is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there was this one at the beginning. Oh yeah, well yeah, that one's crazy. Is but that, there was one I saw. Is that the Led, um, Ze- the Led Zeppelin logo or yeah. something? I don't know <laughs> the POD logo. Um, a Hoobastank, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that one, yeah, that's one of their like crazy stuff like that. Like that's one tree. I don't even know how that makes sense. It's like hollow inside too. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I I love this, and you know, funny fact, guys. I still don't comprehend if it was man-made or if it was. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm a joking. 
like I said, I am blonde, right? I'm right. right. Um, I use that uh, every time I'm uh, mentally lazy, and it uh, it never works. But um, I uh, I do have a job right now. I'm employed. Uh, they they like to remind me of my name and where I live, and I'm supplied with a helmet, uh, yeah. and I get to wear this. You got, a, work. you got a bracelet in case you get lost. <laughs> yes, but uh, dude, I I don't know, man. That sounds really fun, actually. I need to. You know, when there isn't a virus uh, destroying the planet, I definitely got to check out Gilroy. Uh, no, but there—I mean, things are turning a corner. We're optimistic on this podcast. I love—I love that we can kind of talk about things, you know, from the past that make us happy, like theme parks. And uh, you know, I always wanted to go to uh, Queen Mary uh, in in uh, Long Beach for Halloween. Like oh, I've dude. always, mm. I've done it. So right. you've done it, yeah, dude. I've always wanted to do that because of the like mystique, because they say it's actually haunted. But but they turn well they turn it into like a fucking attraction so it's like um, you can I think they they still do the private tours or whatever but most of the time they 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 turn it into like a Knott's Berry not scary farm type thing so you just kind of walk through the the Queen Mary and they have like little scary people and shit you know well speak of the the devil himself uh, Mr Daniel Leachis on the program has worked at that place oh there you go <laughs> TMZ told me this Daniel uh, you I, I worked uh, at the Rob Zombie one. The, on the Queen Mary? No, the uh, or, oh. the the Great American Nightmare in, at, at Pomona Fairplex. I worked that. One. Oh, oh, I was oh. like, do they have a Rob Zombie <laughs> yeah. themed? I know maze. I thought no, that no. too. I thought like they maybe Rob Zombie took over one year. I I wouldn't doubt it. I feel like they're just kind of like you know who can we call this year? Uh, Rob Zombie seems appropriate. Yeah. Uh, but so <laughs> all right. Well, they're actually they're pretty cool. I mean, well, I'm just I'm gonna tell you based on my experience, like they they're pretty cool on like making their own little characters and and kind of like ideas of what to do with the. Um, with the the maze scare maze and, and, and yeah, stuff. And, um, yeah, because they don't have the copyrights to anything, you know, really imaginative, you know. So it's kind of like they kind of – they they just kind of make up their own ideas and, and their own kind of myths on, on what happened on the Queen Mary and shit and who's haunting it and whatnot. It's pretty cool. I, I've always loved that, though, like when it's kind of like a uh, like a neighborhood theme park or like yeah. where they have to be creative. And I've always been curious about that. I, I knew a friend that did that um, at a smaller theme park. Uh, Castle Park, and um, they're literally like the, all the adults are paid in tokens, and I think wow. pe- yeah, people that were strung out on meth like ended up fighting in front of everybody, and um, there's like all this drama with who could play the lead ghoul and stuff, and that's the thing. So you worked at the Queen Mary during Halloween. Uh, what was what was that like? When was that? God, yeah, that Castle Park stuff. That's true fear, which is that's <laughs> yeah. great. That's what you want. Yeah. You want to be like, I don't know about the mazes, but I was scared to death I was going to get mugged in the parking lot. You know, well, I was drunk all the time, so everybody, like, somebody would walk out and be like, "Man, that vampire was really fucking drunk," <laughs> <laughs> or they could smell the booze on me. That I smelled like whiskey. Oh wow! I can hear him talking about it afterwards. Like that fucking vampire smelled like whiskey. <laughs> I, I would imagine vampires to be drunk, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, they, yeah. they're living forever. It's got to get tedious. Well, you it, know? Was, it was fun because me and my brother worked on the same maze, so it was like he was a he was a werewolf and I was a vampire. But we were on two separate stations, but we knew all the the back. Like they gave us like things to do, but we got bored, so we started fighting in the front, in the like in the front of it, and then they'd see me later and him in different. We just started jumping around different stations. Was there some that took it really seriously? Like you do not cross werewolf oh, uh, territory. Yeah, a couple of them, but you know we we're like fuck you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I put a lot of passion into the gargoyle maze. Yeah. Uh, and no, but so your experience, Daniel, how, how was that? What, what did you do? 
Uh, I mean, the whole thing was wild, man. I, my, the, from start to finish, my uh, first off, I did it for a month, the month of October, uh, y- years ago, uh, as a, uh, essentially as a college class. I needed a few extra units, really? and uh, they were telling me, uh, yeah, in the theater department, there were signs oh, everywhere that oh, were yeah. like, you get three units if you do this for a month and a bunch of free tickets for your friends and free food and all that kind of stuff, which is basically like getting paid in tokens. But uh, yeah, that's Still, what I ended up doing. Yeah, the first – oh, my God. There was just so much. The first night there was a shooting uh, in in the big white dome, and, like, we all didn't know if it was real or fake, and I was scared to death that I was going to get shot because I had fake blood everywhere on me, and I was like, they're not going to know if I got hit. <laughs> Because I got fake blood on me, and they're not going to be able to tell like, yeah. where the wound is. Oh, man. That's was terrifying. That. Yeah, my second or second or third night, um, because, yeah, like you said, Queen Mary's supposed to be actually haunted, and they don't have us in, like, the entryway. They have us in, like, the depths and yeah. the bowels <laughs> yeah, of yeah, the, totally. the ship. And we were, most of the time we were by ourselves. I, I don't think it was as popular as like a not scary farm or a i mean nowadays it's getting a little more popular but when i worked on it it was like especially on a tuesday night in early october it yeah. was you you'd be lucky if you saw a person every 30 minutes so you're just by yourself we were way understaffed at the time um there's like a two drink i heard minimum. it's gotten <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> us to, to work yeah, there bring yeah 10 people uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah it was it was a lot of like uh i heard it's better now but like at the time yeah there was we were just by ourselves for a lot of it and i remember um yeah the second or third night that would they make us get in our area of the maze like 30 minutes early and all of a sudden the the power goes off and i was next to the pool room which was supposed to be the most haunted part of the ship there's no one near me for a solid like minute or two minutes of walking so i'm just like by myself the power goes completely out it is just pitch black i'm in the intestines of the queen mary uh late at night and uh honestly it was probably the most scared i'd ever been it was like fight or flight mode and i just decided to stay still so i don't know what that says about (laughs) me but i was just like i'm just gonna stay here yeah uh and then i remember like 10 minutes later which seemed like four hours this uh, manager lady comes in with a flashlight and she's like hey is there anyone here i'm like yeah yeah daniel yes i'm still here she's like okay yeah sorry we're, we're working on the power um it's gonna be like maybe 30 to 40 more minutes are you cool staying here and i was like no no i'm not 40 minutes no and, she, and then she gives me the most surprise like oh, really and i'm like yeah no i'm not like no i don't want to stay right here and she's like um okay i guess uh, yeah just follow me and she gives me like like i'm the biggest pussy in the world and then she takes me to this green room where every single person is yeah i was like you were gonna make me stay there but i would have been the only one who stayed <laughs> wow um yeah it was just crazy stuff um we did we didn't see any ghosts uh, but uh, well, I don't know about everybody. I didn't see any ghosts, but I did have uh, an experience uh, really? that was pretty spooky. Yeah. Ooh, what happened? What, what did you? Do? What happened? Did you feel like a brush of air? Did was there like a a, a fart from a demon or nineteen twenties penis in your butt? <laughs> 
All three actually oh happened gosh. at once. The wow. ghost of ghost of Bonfante. Yeah. <laughs> He's a big fan of the pageantry of the mazes. Yeah, and, um, totally. Yeah. He, uh, no, it was uh, the only night where I got to work with another person, and it just happened to be the one guy I knew in the whole entire thing. I don't know how that happened. We we're like, great. They're like, all right, you two are going to be scary clowns. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you're going to be haunting this bridge at the top of this giant room that's closed off. And so they like uh, they fogged up the bridge. People had to walk like way up high. We're probably like 40 feet. Um, suspended over this giant room. Nobody could go down in the room. That was like locked off or whatever. And um, it was like a cool area. So anyway, this was like one of those Tuesday nights, something like that, where nobody was. So um, we had a lot of downtime. And at one point, me and my buddy just hanging out on the bridge. We just break character. We're just sitting there talking because nobody's coming through. And he's like asking me all these questions like, oh, how's school going on that? And he's like, yeah, so have you seen any ghosts on this thing? And I'm like, no, but I also don't want to talk about it while I'm here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he goes, I want to see something, man. I want to see a ghost. And I was like, well, maybe not right now. Like that would be a, you do that on your own. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see a ghost right now. <laughs> and uh, and then he just yells out at the top of his lungs. He's like, if, if there's anybody here right now, give me a sign. And I was like, dude, what are you do? Like, stop doing that. And he's like, no, I want to see something. And he yells it again, like, if there's any ghosts in here right now, give me a sign. And the second time he yells that, we just hear the loudest, like, metal-on-metal metal slamming noise. Yeah. I still, I was like, I had no idea what it was. We're at the top of the room. We're looking around. Our hearts are pounding. We're like, what the hell was that? We're looking around. There's nobody in the room with us. It scared us both to death. Didn't talk about ghosts the whole rest of the night. <laughs> wow. Flash, flash forward like six months later, and I finally, for the first time ever, took a real tour of the Queen Mary, because I never had before. I was with my parents, and um, everything looked different to me because all the Halloween stuff wasn't up. And uh, we're with this tour guide, and we get to this one point, we get to the boiler room. And uh, tour guide's like, yeah, this is one of the most haunted parts of the ship because uh, back when it was a warship, this uh, soldier, uh, they were playing basically any time the ship thought it hit an iceberg or anything like that, these the alarm would go off. And randomly, the boiler room doors, after a certain period of time, and it was always random, would slam shut, 10,000 pounds of pressure. So these soldiers would play chicken with the door. One guy got cut in half, um, wow. died instantly. And they say he, like, haunts this part of the ship, and people say that they could hear the boiler room door slamming. And right when she says that, I look up, and I noticed the bridge. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the room I was in. That's the bridge. And then it all just hits me at once. I was like, that was the noise. Like, it was a wow. slamming door sound. That's so and, dude, creepy. I got so many chills. I still get chills talking about it because I, I know we didn't see anything, and I don't have any proof, but, like, I have no idea what that noise could have been other than metal on metal like door it was that it was that did sound, you ever did 100%. you ever see uh uh the, the 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 like sailor guy after that like 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 half of him you know just come <laughs> daniel <laughs> hey buddy can you help me out here uh, i'm stuck no i don't know there's <laughs> 
Uh, for the folks on the po- listening to the podcast, I made a face to look like <laughs> I was cut in half. Um, it's a fun thing called physical comedy, which uh, doesn't translate well to podcasts. But uh, if you're watching it, you Watch guys it. got the full effect there. Watch it on YouTube. And I'm sure you and the fam are laughing out there. But, uh, guys, I've got one more thing to touch on here that uh, I thought was, was real neat. Uh, you worked on the Universal Studios backlot uh, filming a commercial. What was that like? Yeah, we were there for a week. That was, man... Oh my God, that was a, uh, uh, it was my first time wearing a thong, <laughs> okay. um, a man thong. So yeah, it was this Dollar Shave Club commercial and they didn't tell us our roles. I just knew I got cast. I had to show up. It was the Universal Studios lot. And I don't know about you, but like I've been to Universal Studios. I'd been on the tour a, a million times as a kid and that was like kind of a dream of mine that like, oh, one day I might be able to work totally. on, the, on the back lot. Yeah. So here I am. My very first time working on the back line, I was just like, you know, a kid at, well, I don't know any other analogy, except I was like a kid in the Universal Studios back lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm like, great, I'm going to film this commercial. It's going to be so awesome. And, uh, and we're going through costume wardrobe stuff. Like, we're on the set. And they call me in, and they're like, all right, Daniel, you are wearing, um, well, this. And then she just hands me a man thong. <laughs> Wow. And I was like, are you kidding? And she's like, nope, this is what you're wearing. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, what's my role? And they're like, you are, let's see, you are a guy seeing how high he can pee in the shower. <laughs> I was like, Boy. oh, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, flash forward, I'm on set. I'm wearing a man thong. I'm freezing. And I'm in this fake bathroom that they built on the on the inside of a studio um, <laughs> where uh, there was – water up to my knees because it wasn't a real bathtub um so it was just the water was just building up like there's no drainage um i had this little hose that was supposed to be i guess my wiener i I guess that's what that was supposed to be and it had fake pee coming out of it and so there's just like pee all over the walls i'm freezing there's water up to my my knees i'm in a thong and there's just this, this weird moment of kind of clarity where i was just like i never thought that this is what this is how I would be on the Universal Studios back lot. <laughs> that's that's an incredible story, though. I mean, the magic of filmmaking. You know, you had a uh, hose for a penis. Um, that's that's crazy. That was a Dollar uh, Shave Club. I gotta uh, yeah. see this uh, commercial. Uh, that's pretty pretty fantastic, man. Uh, um, when you were on the back lot, did you get to go into the park at all? Did you get like a pass or anything? Or no? Does, we ate lunch like in the New York area which was it was cool because i was in i was the only one uh who they gave a robe to because i was in a thong yeah so like everyone else just got to like eat in their clothes and they look like normal clothes but because i was in a thong they gave me a robe and let me tell you when you walk outside because they just let us roam free in the back lot when we weren't filming and when you walk in that back lot wearing nothing but a robe Every single tour that passes by is like, oh, my God, this guy must be famous. <laughs> they would never let a crazy person in a robe just walk around. He must be somebody huge. So everyone was taking pictures of me, and it was like this weird, surreal moment. And you had all these tour guys. You could hear them on the thing being like, oh, they must be filming a movie today. And I was just like waving. Dude. Little did they know I was essentially naked underneath. That's amazing. though. I'm very that, – dude, that's like a – a dream come true kind of story. Just Hell the yeah. fact, like, even if they don't know who you are, the fact that they just like, oh, this is someone special, 
and he's wearing a thong. Now, I don't know if they knew that. They didn't know that. But <laughs> that's amazing, though. And you did it all while wearing a man thong, which you probably never thought would happen. And That's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's pretty cool. I uh, I have a little segment on the show where it's a fun it's a fun little segment I like to call uh, trivia or game time, whatever I think of at the moment. And it's a fun one. So uh, I, I thought I would uh, – you know, you seem pretty knowledgeable of theme parks, Daniel. Um, I, I thought I would, I would uh, kind of – Kind of hit you with some questions here and see how much you may know about theme parks. You ready? What do I do? I win. What do I win? You get to uh, wear a thong at New Orleans Square playing in a jazz band of high school kids. <laughs> well, I mean, I've never done that twice, so this will be this will be good. Okay, cool, cool. I can I'll, do that. Let's do it. All right. So, the first question is: How fast does the fastest roller coaster in the world go? A, 145 miles an hour, B, 200 miles an hour, C, 65 miles an hour, or D, 149 miles an hour. The fastest roller coaster in the world. Oh, man. First off, I don't ever remember sticking a key into any holes that told me this fact. So, (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, I'm pretty sure it's probably in, like, China or Japan. It's in... It's in uh, it's in the the east, yes. Uh, <laughs> just the east of just, east of America. East. Depending on where you're standing, uh, it's at a panda. It's also ex- in the west, yeah. It's at a Panda Express, actually in Irvine. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's in uh, like it's in Adu uh, Abu Dhabi at Ferrari World. Okay. Um, well, the 149 sounds too specific. So if you made that one up, kudos to you to for tricking me. But I'm gonna go with 149. Oh, my Josh. Well, you got that, my friend. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, Daniel, I mean, dude, who doesn't say you got the key to uh, roller coaster trivia? You know, you already got one, and that's a pretty tough one. So, the Can I fo- retire? Yeah, yeah we're, we're done now, guys. No, well, you've, got a, you've got a few more, my friend, that we're going to put you through. Uh, the Formula Rasa. Uh, La Raza. No, I think I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. It's, it's kind of a Spanish uh, pronunciation. La the, Raza. Yeah, the Formula La Raza. No, Raza at Ferrari World Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. Um, it travels at speeds up to 240 kilometers, which is 149 miles per hour. Um, I don't really know kilometers or you know how that works, but that sounds like a lot, <clears throat> and sounds, it is a lot. Sounds fast. Um, I would have guessed 145 because I thought... Uh, 49 was too specific? Well, uh, yeah. And also, it doesn't... Isn't... Oh, the fucking cat. I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, there's a... Because uh, doesn't, like, Superman go, like, 99 or something? I think it does. It goes really fast. So I just I was like, well, I can't... I, I'm like, that's really fast. And I'm like, if it's in a foreign country, it can't go any faster than... Another two two hundred seems like you'll fucking die. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't sound like it should be legal, but uh, you know, different different strokes for different uh, folks. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Belafonte, but uh, no, I uh, <laughs> I uh, this this next question, I think I I might be able to stump you. So we gonna try this right now. Okay, what okay. land at a theme park contains edible plants? A Knott's Berry Farms Fiesta Village. B Hershey Parks, Hershey's Chocolate Town, C, Tomorrowland at Disneyland, or D, Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch? Oh, man. <laughs> I've been to all four. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, 
I mean, Hershey chocolate seems like too eat. That seems like that. You'd want that to be either true. 100% right or that's too that's too easy. I was by the way that was the last place I was before the during while covid hit. Um every, colleges were getting canceled and everyone's going crazy March it was like March 14th, March 15th, yep, right 2020. Yeah, and I was on the uh, Hershey chocolate ride seeing how Reese's were made <laughs> as the world was ending. I was like, "Oh, this is going to look Hershey kisses. I know those." Um <laughs> That seems too easy. You said something about stumping me. Um, I'm sure. I don't know if they're edible, but there's definitely plants you can eat at Neverland, Neverland Ranch. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with something crazy, just because I feel like you, you, you. It's gonna be a crazy. I'm gonna go with Tomorrowland. I have no idea what it could be, but I'm gonna go with Tomorrowland. Well, the correct answer for that question: What land at a theme park contains edible plants is? Tomorrowland at Disneyland. That's right, sir. You got that correct. What? That yeah. Bam. Tomorrowland. Yeah. If what you, is? Yeah. I guess if you go to Tomorrowland, there is plants that you can eat. In Disney World. No, Disneyland, dog. Where? Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. It's the West. We're progressive with the West Coast. You know. Well, I mean, there are a lot of plants you can eat, aren't there? Yeah. It's all marijuana at the. <laughs> uh, that's why everyone enjoys Space Mountain. Uh, you know, a little extra there. But yeah. no. Yeah. I guess that's what that's the common knowledge. I guess amongst the, uh, hmm. you know, um, the few people with uh, no lives that know that information. No. Uh, but yeah, if you if you really are hungry and you can't afford a thirty dollar churro, then <laughs> definitely check out the. Uh, I gotta plants look into this at theme park uh, at uh, t- theme park land in Disney World. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tomorrowland. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say, like, it makes sense because that would be the only theme park where you didn't have enough money for the food. So I was like, because who figured that out? It was uh, clearly somebody broke enough to try it. Uh, I know, it had they, to be Disneyland. Totally, yeah. They, I think they need to add like pe- where you can litter peanuts. Like you know those places where you get free peanuts. They need yeah. free peanuts at Disneyland <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. So they need something, man. They're, it's just way too expensive to eat there. Yeah, just, yeah. I think. Um, the plants is about all you get, but uh, we'll we'll you know we we hope for the future maybe something else. Uh, but this one, uh, this question here, maybe a little something that I, I think I could stump the the so far champion of the the theme park trivia. Uh, this is our last question of this. Uh, okay, so this is a this is a, a multiple choice as well, but it's a, a little bit different theme. It's theme park injury fact or fiction. All right, this one's a little morbid. Um, to bring us back to the Queen Mary, uh, okay. In 2013, a woman suffered a brain injury while riding the waltzing swingle at Dollywood Theme Park in Tennessee. All right, and then uh, I'm going to give you another story here, and you're going to figure out which one of these uh, is false. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. So, oh, the, which the, one's false? Which one's They're false? They're all true except one of them. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, all. Yeah. Way to way to really bring the segment together by destroying How's this the game question. Work? Um, it's called. Uh, are you a fan of David Lynch movies? You kind of have to. Uh, you know, it's really abstract. You got to make up your own meaning here. Uh, no, okay, so all right. Uh, the first, yeah, the first story that I was sharing with you to decide if it's real or not was a woman suffered a brain injury while riding the waltzing swingle at Dollywood Theme Park in Tennessee. All right, and then B is uh, this here. On November 5th, 2017, a runner at the Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon collapsed and died near the finish line in Epcot parking lot. No other details were initially disclosed other than that she totally lost. (laughs) Get it? Um, 
Okay, and then the last story here is B. In 2007, while waiting for the Riddler's Revenge at Six Flags Magic Mountain, a man who appeared to be on the substance PCP was triggered to attack and bite an employee when hearing the same 90s techno song looped over and over. The employee had to receive 30 stitches on his left thigh. When questioned and analyzed, the man happened to not <laughs> to be not in fact on PCP and just hated that fucking 90s techno song. <laughs> um, well, so, look, reality is stranger than fiction. Uh, as you know, Daniel, uh, which which one of these stories is false? Oh, man. The last one is definitely there's a show on Netflix. It's called The Sinner. That's like literally the premise of that show. Really? So I don't know if you watched that show and you made it up based off that, or no. if people who made the show based it off of a real story. Um, <laughs> the Dollywood thing's got to be real. That's for sure. Dolly World's <laughs> probably injured a lot more than one person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the Epcot thing is the fake one because, you know, you eat those plants and you're good to go. Like, Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm going with the Epcot one. That's all fake. All right. All right. So, Dana Legis has uh, so far aced this. But I'm sorry, sir. The PCP was the the fake story on my end. But then I don't know if this is serendipity or, or something weird. Is that a real story? Is the is the sinner based on a man on PCP at a theme park? I don't even know the plot of the sinner. Is that no? Not really. Yeah, not okay. at all. Actually, <laughs> but it was <laughs> no. It was this girl. Like she kept hearing this song, and it, it drove her to like kill someone. Uh, oh, okay. And there was like a whole PTSD kind of story behind it. But, gotcha. Yeah. So it's something that can happen. Like that guy. I don't know if you guys remember this that that woman on access hollywood uh uh i I forgot her name one of the anchors her like the tone of her voice or something like set this guy off and he like killed people over her voice what yeah i think it's like uh i forget her name but yeah i gotta look that up that would have been fun to uh to have that information but i'll use a key from uh, storybook land and figure that out (laughs) you think this podcast will kill anyone like oh god i mean probably probably yeah i think if if someone actually uh gives it a listen it may drive someone to uh i mean i hope not i hope it it makes them happy i don't want them to get murdered out there but um you know, yeah, or if or if they listen to all the advice and they eat the wrong plants in Tomorrowland, like I know. that could do it. Boy, just, dude, just stick to Pizza Planet and this fuck. Yeah, yeah, that terrible, that terrible pasta that they. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that thirty dollar pasta. But uh, dude, it's great having you on, man. And I, I you know, I, I hear that you have a book uh, out now, right? You've got a, you've you've written a book. That's awesome, man. What's your book yeah. about, sir? Uh, it is called, uh, I have it right here. For those of you listening, you, I'll give you a little, that's, there you go. That's the so, proof guys. That's what it sounds there. like, yeah, he's not, uh, it's called a day. It's called a day at the zoo in 2062. Uh, it's, it's like 45 short stories, fictional, uh, comedic that are great poop read. Like I tell all the people who ask me about this, it is a solid poop read. Like, because they're short stories. So you, you have days where you get through one. You have days where you get through seven of them, just depending on <laughs> how last night was. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I'm, that's really cool, dude. That's uh, that's another bucket list thing I'd like to do is write a book, you know. But yeah. I, I think uh, that's, that's incredible, man. When did you, like, what prompted you to do it? Was it kind of always on, on your uh, goal list or just kind of happened? 
I uh, well, I stuck my key into a box and I told, <laughs> I told me you, uh, that I should write a book. Um, <laughs> no, I I had written these stories. I did like a thirty day challenge ten years ago where I for myself that I was like I write a new short story every day. I ended up going past the thirty days and filling up two notebooks, and I was like, that was fun, that was cool, and then that was it. It was just. Didn't do anything with them. Ten years passed, and over uh, quarantine, like June, uh, July, whatever of, of 2020, I uh, I was like cleaning out my room. And I found those books for the first time in ten years, and I was going through them, and I was like, oh man, some of these are these are some good short stories. Like I like some of these, and I was like, I bet I could write some more, and I did. And then I showed my buddy, and he was showing me these like drawings, these illustrations he had made for these characters he made up and i was like dude let's put them together why don't you draw some pictures for the short stories we'll make a book that's awesome and that's what we did yeah that's great man yeah and i think uh you know as a writer like in any form like uh, comics uh you know authors i think just the 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 pro the the act of just writing is so uh important and i think like short stories that's kind of that's awesome man yeah i th- I, I need to yeah. get back on that man because i as a kid I, like i remember that i don't know i think like it's just something about the naive sort of i could do anything when i was a kid like i used to write comics and stuff all the time just daily yep. like little silly comics yeah me too and you kind of just get rid of that but i yeah. think there's something mm-hmm. to that uh, just keeping up the creativity and uh dude yeah it's been it's been a ball to have you on the show mr daniel uh i am I'm I'm excited for this to come out. Where, where can people follow you online, sir? Uh, they can follow me at Dan Eachus, E-A-C-H-U-S, on uh, everything. It, just pick a site. I'm on it. Heck yeah. Um, also, you can get the book at zoo2062.com. Zoo2062.com. Yeah, check it out, man. And, and uh, it kind of went full circle. We were talking about the Fresno Zoo, and now we're talking about your book. At the zoo in 2062. <laughs> Bam. I just noticed that. I'm really proud of myself. But, uh, Daniel, <laughs> thanks for being on the show. And uh, thank you, Ryan, for yeah. helping me uh, ring in a, a new year. Um, uh, Happy New Year, guys. Okay. Uh, this is the first episode. No, uh, <laughs> j- just joking. Uh, I like to end it in a hole. That's how I end the show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> thanks. thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe out there. Life is a ride. I would like to ride it all night long, Rascal Flats. Yeah, great one. Thank you. All right. Good night.
Just you can't just leave